0: This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer.
1: Did you just spit take?
0: I did. Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer, I'm Brian Morris.
1: I'm Stacey Kulo and we're both comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows.
0: And I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows.
1: So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go.
0: And this week we watched season five, episode nine of both shows, started with Buffy the Vampire Slayer listening to fear.
1: As well as Gilmore Girls, Emily says hello. Did you know that these were written by the same writer?
0: Only because you told me.
1: Right. Yeah, her name is Rebecca Rand Kirshner, wrote both episodes. A listener reached out to me quite a while ago and pointed this out to us. I think there's another pairing coming up, maybe season six, where it's the same writer. I don't know if it's also our friend Rebecca Rand Kirshner or if it's a different writer that happened to write both. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. I didn't realize it until after we watched that this was the one where it matched up. But maybe when we talk about it, we'll find some similarities in the writing. I'm interested.
0: We're drinking old fashions today. Stacy made us old fashions. So if you hear some of this, it's not a uh, bag of old coins that we're throwing to our witcher.
1: Do you think that's what coins sound like?
0: Yeah, I usually keep coins in like a little water purse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: We went to a wedding. An old friend of ours was getting married and uh, it was super fun. It was cool. Our friend Evan got married. His wife is Nigerian, so the wedding was like half Nigerian, traditional. It was pretty fun.
1: Yeah, um, there was a lot of... I mean, it was it was mostly traditional American wedding, but they did a lot sure. of Nigerian stuff, too.
0: We ate the cola nut? Yeah. It was bad. Yeah, it doesn't taste good. It kept me awake.
1: I didn't eat enough of it to keep me awake. But the point of it is it's gross, but it has a lot of caffeine. That's the
0: point of it? <laughs> <laughs> the point of it is it's gross? No, it has a bunch of caffeine in it. And they told us about that before we had it. But they didn't tell us like, hey, this tastes like bark.
1: Yeah, it seemed like it was maybe a prank.
0: It did not seem like a
1: prank. (laughs) Well, they didn't tell us.
0: But everyone at the table made the same face like, oh, this doesn't taste good.
1: Yeah, I didn't take a big enough bite to have to like chew the whole thing. But there was like costume changes. The whole bridal party changed into different outfits. Nigerian traditional outfits for the dance. That was cool.
0: Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, it was good to see old friends and uh, there was like 300 people at this wedding and we were in a small space and we left being like, we for sure got COVID. There's no chance. <laughs> I don't think so though. Oh, I we haven't, we've tested ourselves since then and no symptoms, so. And no phone calls from Evan being like, guys, are you okay?
1: Oh yeah, I feel like if there was like a big COVID outbreak at the wedding, we would have heard about it. Right. But we also saw our parents and we taught them how to wordle. Mm -hmm. That was so funny. (laughs) We were just like oscillating between my parents, like giving them tips as they were doing it at the same time. Yeah. You guys know about wordle?
0: My parents are super into planes now. I don't know if that's something your
1: parents are into. Yeah, let us know if your parents are super into videos about planes or just watching planes land.
0: Like my mom sort of got into these videos about like plane crash disasters, which I get. That's like interesting, right? Mm-hmm. But somehow that was like a gateway drug into more boring, mundane plane videos. Yeah. And now she just has in the background while she's like doing other stuff, planes taking off and landing on the TV. Like somebody's going to LaGuardia every day or JFK every day and just recording the planes, which by itself is it's weird.
1: Yeah, who's that guy?
0: Yeah, it's like, that's my life. That's my job. But you know, whatever. Mrs.
1: Morris needs this.
0: <laughs> she needs this. So anyway, uh, I don't know if that's just something that comes with old age or dementia. I'm just curious what you, if your parents are into planes. <laughs> Is your
1: mom going to listen to this?
0: No, because we don't talk about planes enough. We have some new five-star reviews. Ooh! I'd like to thank Pretzel333 three, 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 and Riley Pitts.
1: Thank you, Pretzel and Riley. It's spelled not like Buffy Riley, by the way.
0: Yeah, otherwise I wouldn't have acknowledged it.
1: <laughs> but yeah, thanks, thanks for leaving five-star reviews.
0: I yeah, really appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Well, I'm excited to start talking about episodes. This week, we started with Buffy. Stacy, could you please tell us all about Listening to Fear?
1: Written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner.
0: That's the one.
1: So this episode is about Joyce waiting for her surgery. And in the meantime, a space slug comes to Earth and tries to kill all the crazy people. That's what I said. You heard me. That's the episode.
0: Yeah, this episode synopsis is like, oh, wait, what? It's like Buffy jumped a shark if you just read the synopsis. <laughs> like,
1: it wasn't bad, though.
0: No, it was surprisingly not bad. Although I wouldn't say it was like a great episode, but it wasn't as bad as the synopsis suggests.
1: We're doing things backwards today. We're telling you our feelings on the episode overall first.
0: <laughs> all right, now let's start at the end of the episode work backwards.
1: <laughs> so Joyce is still in the hospital. Her and Dawn and Buffy are all staring at her gross hospital food. Dawn's just going to town on some jello with her hands because the monks forgot to program her to know how to eat. Joyce <laughs> has a different doctor.
0: I think this is the surgeon. I think that's the difference.
1: Yeah, maybe. Like, I'm not sure if we're supposed to think it's the same guy, but they showed the other guy in the previously on. It's definitely not the same guy that told Buffy the bad news about Joyce.
0: No, I think this is the surgeon. And that's why he's different.
1: Yeah, I, he's there to tell her she's cleared for surgery in two days. And Joyce is bummed because she's got to wait around that long. And I don't blame her. I would say this is the dungiest hospital room I've ever seen, but that would be the one that Faith woke up in that was like literally a dirty ass dungeon.
0: Yeah, I know. This is uh, a lot better than that one. Someone should tell Joyce it could get worse.
1: It's just so gloomy, though. It doesn't seem like there's any windows or anything. Buffy though, insists she's happy to stay and hang out with Joyce and Dawn because the gang has got patrol under control. Uh, They do not. Like, (laughs) they don't die, but these two Ronda Rousey vampires are really beating the shit out of Giles, Xander, and Willow. Willow eventually manages to stake both of them, and they're all super annoyed because Riley was supposed to be there too, but never showed up.
0: And Riley's the muscle. Well, yeah. Even though he's less muscly than he used to be, he's still a muscle.
1: He gave some to Xander. What you doing, Riley? Oh, I don't know. Just hanging out in some vampire lady's gross apartment, letting her feed on your arm? What the fuck is going on, Riley? Go home. (laughs) And he doesn't even kill this one. Did he get confused and think this was a blood drive or something? (laughs) What's he doing here?
0: Yeah, I guess he's letting vampires suck on him now.
1: I don't know. Willow shows up at the hospital the next day with a sack of presents. She brings Joyce a beer hat for some reason. Joyce acts like she loves it, but she's probably just trying to get Willow to shut up because she has a headache. (laughs) Willow brings a little spell book for Dawn and brought Buffy some homework. Buffy's never excited to see homework, and apparently neither is Joyce, because while they're talking about it, Joyce angrily interjects with, I'd rip it in half and stick it in bed with me. (laughs) So throughout this episode, Joyce is going to say some strange things because of her brain problem, but sometimes it's funny.
0: Yeah, specifically, the cancer is, like, pressing on part of her brain, so sometimes she says kind of crazy stuff that doesn't really make any sense.
1: Yeah, and this kind of brings the party to a screeching halt. So they all leave while she takes a nap. Buffy explains to Don that the tumor might cause Joyce to say weird things sometimes. And Willow's like, don't worry, after her operation, she'll be back to normal. You don't know that, Willow. This kid is old enough to understand that she could, like, die, so I, I don't know why we're lying to her. Yeah. She knows what's up.
0: I mean, this kid is honestly like two weeks old, but...
1: Yeah. Willow doesn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. But while they're in the hallway, they encounter the security guard from episode five. Not the one who gave Buffy the orb in the parking lot, but the one who was inside the warehouse with Glory, who was begging her not to hurt him because he had a family, so she squeezed his brain until he glowed. Remember that guy? Yeah. He's saying some nonsense, but then he points to Dawn and starts saying stuff like, there's no data or pictures in this one. There's no one in there. This guy's not doing well but he's right
0: there is no data in there
1: there's no dad in there
0: there's no data in there
1: ah there's no dad in there either and then ben pops by to let us know that the mental ward is completely full so they're sending the ones with families home like this guy later willow and tara are having a little rooftop snuggle they're talking about the stars turns out tara's got her own set of constellations like the big pineapple and little pile of crackers it's cute but then, a huge meteor goes flying past, crashes into the woods, and something lives inside it, because from the creature's perspective, we see it slither out of the crater, climb up a tree, then the crazy man from the hospital is just out for a solo night walk, and the creature plops down on top of him. The creature's like, I don't know, sort of like a worm with arms? Like, it's like walrusy. It's kind of
0: like a, it's got like, almost like a cockroach body, but no cockroach legs.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's clearly like a dude in a mermaid costume.
0: It's like they had a sleeping bag and they're like, get in there, you're the monster of the week.
1: Got like red eyes, super toothy mouth. The mouth is toothy. And it's maybe like a child or a smaller person. They're not like six feet long. It's like the size of like an elementary school student. And it goes to visit some folks at the hospital.
0: Visit some folks?
1: Did you just spit take?
0: I did. (laughs) It's just here to visit. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Can we take a step back and talk about Tara's constellations? Because that bothered me a lot.
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: Because she's like super into like witchcraft and stuff. And it's crazy to think that you could be like that knowledgeable about like witchcraft and not have like any grasp on the astrology signs. That's fair. Because I feel like astrology maybe in this reality isn't the same as witchcraft but it's definitely like a gateway like they're adjacent
1: the girls in their Wicca group are into astrology for sure
0: oh for sure i don't know i so it's just a little weird that she was like have no idea where they are anyway
1: yeah i can't remember why she says she doesn't like them she just like had a hard time seeing them or something
0: i think she didn't like them because the writers had to have a reason that they were looking at the sky that's true I thought this was, I, I love Buffy, but like this is one of those episodes that's like, okay, this is very like convenient that two of the main characters were like looking at the sky when the demon came down.
1: Yeah. So the creature is just slithering along the ceiling of the hospital and no one notices. Like I said, it's, it's not big, but it's, it's, you'd see it out of any periphery.
0: Yeah, it's bigger than a dog.
1: It's like dark brown. You'd, yeah. you'd see a dog crawling across the ceiling of a hospital.
0: Especially a hospital with like a long hallway, it's not like it's right above you all the time. It's like, no, it's, you could see that motherfucker.
1: <laughs> and it's not like it can be invisible, it's, it's there big yeah. time. In the mental ward, the nurse is kissing all the patients goodnight. And
0: <laughs> she's also <laughs> uh, not doing well mentally.
1: One of them is freaking out, but for good reason, because the space creature is there to throw up on his face. Tara and Willow call the rest of the gang to go investigate the meteor. Riley shows up this time and just crawls into the crater and starts touching the meteor. I guess he's living pretty dangerously these days, but maybe don't touch the mysterious space object. Yeah, dude, it might
0: like have a disease slash be radioactive. Yeah,
1: they very quickly deduce that some evil living creature must have crawled out of this thing because it's hollow. So they go off to look for it. They end up finding the dead crazy man. Will is like, oh, hey, I remember that guy from the hospital. And Riley's like, you know what? I want to stick a pen in his mouth and pulls out some kind of stanky black goo.
0: Really stanky.
1: Yeah, they're very stanked. They all want to call Buffy so bad, but they can't because they know she's dealing with her mom and they don't want to stress her out. Buffy does have good instincts and obviously would be the one to fight this thing if they do find it. But this is the figuring stuff out crew. They don't exactly need her at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. So they all decide they're going to do some research, but Riley's like, you know what? I think I'm actually going to stay and hang out here with the dead body. They're like, okay, cool. (laughs) As soon as they leave, Riley makes a call to his old military pals. Graham and his new friends show up in a helicopter. Graham's like, don't you usually call your girlfriend for this kind of thing? I don't know why Graham's such a douche about that. Because Forrest is gone and someone has to be? Honestly,
0: it's almost like Graham should be like, hey, Buffy is cool, but like you're not good enough for her, so why don't you come with us?
1: Yeah. Riley leads them to the body. They ask if the black stuff is toxic. And he's like, no, just messy. How the fuck do you know, Riley? Did you take it to a lab? I guess he must have, because then he's got it like in a vial and has yeah. a theory about what it is. But he had time to do all that? I kind of just assumed he'd been waiting in the woods telling the body all his problems while he waited for the military to show up.
0: <laughs> so now I like to get bit. <laughs> I like the idea that he's like doing lab work while a vampire's like sucking on his arm.
1: A very busy baby, but I need it. Oh, it
0: separates.
1: Interesting. Riley points out that this goo is breaking down too quickly to track. But since this thing came from space, they should be able to track its radiation. Okay, so you do know it's radioactive, yet you're just hanging out in this hole still? Whatever. Riley's in his element right now, though. Both back in the swing of military stuff and his new interest in doing things that could get him killed. He's having a great night. <laughs> Joyce, meanwhile, is getting very anxious about being stuck in the hospital and wants to go home until the day of her surgery. The doctor's like, I guess we can do that, but it won't be good. Buffy's like, whatever it takes, I'll make it happen. So the doctor gets Buffy set up with everything she needs. Joyce tells Buffy she looks just like her father when he cries. (laughs) Whole time, space creature lurking on the ceiling, watching all of this. They get Joyce home, where she complains it's way too bright. So they shut off all the lights downstairs and then take her upstairs?
0: Yeah, it's weird. They keep the lights off downstairs, like, the whole day. Like, the rest of the night, the lights are off. It's like, Joyce is not downstairs. Like, Buffy's washing dishes in the dark. I'm like, Joyce isn't down here.
1: To be fair, she does come down, but they probably just want to have it real spooky for when the creature shows up. Yeah, for sure. Because he coming.
0: Is that what that goo is?
1: (laughs) Yes. It comes from his mouth. It's got that spank stank. The creature does show up, of course. He's crawling around the ceiling. I guess it attached itself to their car, we find out later. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, it senses crazy, I guess, right? It was out of people at the hospital, and she was the next best one.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if you've mentioned this, but this thing specifically seems to be killing just the crazy people on purpose. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, I found some easy pickings. It's like, oh, no, I just like the crazies.
1: It's got a mission, yeah. Buffy and Dawn are watching TV, When Joyce sneaks down and starts trying to make breakfast, calls Buffy fat, and then realizes she's made a whole series of mistakes, so they take her back to bed. Dawn's very sweetly stroking her head when Joyce suddenly realizes she doesn't like that. She tells Dawn to get away from her because she's nothing. She's a shadow. She doesn't know what she is or how she got here. Dawn runs out. I'm thinking Dawn's going to catch on sooner or later, right? Like People are always saying this to her. (laughs)
0: You're not real.
1: <laughs> and, and she does immediately. Buffy goes to talk to her and Dawn's like, uh, what the fuck? Am I not real? Buffy's like, no, no, you're totes real, baby girl. People just get confused when their brains are fucked up. Specifically only confused about you. <laughs> yeah. You just got one of those faces, you know, <laughs> that look like
0: you don't exist for real.
1: It doesn't really solve the problem. The gang is researching at the campus library. There's such clunky exposition here. Xander's like, I just don't understand why we had to come here to the university library to research the space alien we all just found together. I mean, it's written better than that. There's a couple fine jokes in it. But I'm like, what do you mean you don't get what you're doing here? You just said like literally five minutes ago you were going to go do research. Could have just cut straight to you reading some books. It was like it was written in a different episode, you know, and like we needed the previously on because we for- maybe it was a commercial break in between or something. But I don't know who's tuning in mid episode that I guess maybe that's what it's for. If someone tuned in mid episode. Yeah. It was just like three minutes of them reminding us what they're doing when it hadn't been that long. Willow has discovered that some people claimed the meteor in the 1917 Tunguska blast was hollow just like this meteor.
0: That's the wrong year for the Tunguska Blast, by the way.
1: That's what she said.
0: I know. She got it wrong.
1: No, I meant that's what she said.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of times during sex, you'll be like, that's the wrong blast, baby.
1: (laughs) Tunguska. I mean, was it way wrong?
0: What did she say? 19 what? 17 is
1: what I wrote, but maybe I wrote it wrong.
0: It's 1908.
1: Wow, Willow's an idiot.
0: Yeah, it's she's you, you know, Will, she's an idiot. She's so stupid. She's the dumbest Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's like legitimately offended that I said that. Someone's like, "No, she's not. She's the smartest Scooby next to Giles."
1: Where's my stationery?
0: <laughs> were they writing me a letter? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then <laughs> just thought they were something else they were interested in.
1: Yeah, they find comfort in their stationery. <laughs>
0: I <mad>. need it. <laughs> yeah, it was 1908. I only know that because I'm a huge H.P. Lovecraft fan, and he mentions that kind of stuff.
1: He mentions that kind of stuff.
0: (laughs) He and (laughs) I talking.
1: Like when the dates are.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I only know about that because of H.P. Lovecraft. The end.
1: The end. Not only was the incorrectly dated Tunguska Blast meteor hollow, but there's all kinds of other meteor anomalies going on in history, all the way back to the queller impact of the 12th century. And Xander discovers that some primitive people used to believe that the moon could cause insanity. So sometimes they'd pray to the moon to send special meteors to quell the insanity. And then Willow says, okay, I'm looking in history right now.
0: She literally says that. I just, we want to make sure that no one thinks we're paraphrasing.
1: She's on a computer. She's She's been looking at all this on a computer. And then she's still like, okay, I'm looking in history right now. You know, just general history on the internet.
0: Yeah, or, you know, sometimes you'll go into a library and you'll be like, I'm going to check history.
1: (laughs) It just didn't need to be said. Yeah. She says that throughout history, there have been plagues of madness that would stop shortly after these meteor events, meaning the meteor creature was likely summoned to stop the madmen. But who summoned the meteor? Mm. More on this later. They call Riley to let him know what they found. Riley kind of suspected this has something to do with crazy people, because now he's over at the mental ward where five people are dead. Willow's worried about Joyce, because, you know, she's not exactly all mentally there at this time. Right. Riley's like, it's chill. Joyce is home, and I'm pretty sure I've got this thing cornered in the air ducts. I don't know what you think you have corners in the air ducts, but it's not this thing, Riley. What's (laughs) up there? Some poor cat. (laughs) Ben. (laughs) I live up here. I'm an intern. (laughs) He just hangs up on Willow? Fuck you, Riley. Graham discovers that the trail for this thing stops in the parking lot. And Riley's like, Ruh-roh, I know where it is. Let's go, boys.
0: I want to point out that that doesn't make any sense.
1: That Riley is
0: Scooby? Yeah, it does. No, that the trail stops? No, it doesn't. The radiation wouldn't stop just because it's moving faster.
1: I guess because it's not physically touching the ground? I don't don't know how radiation works.
0: No, like you would 100% be able to follow it still. Like... It doesn't make sense that it just stops. It's not footprints in the sand or something.
1: But did you get my Riley as a dog joke?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I didn't laugh at it. <laughs> Riley's a dog.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Back at the Summy Res, Joyce. Is Jesus in- Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: Back at the Summy Res? Okay, go ahead.
1: Joyce is in bed having all kinds of thoughts out loud. She wishes that someone had bothered to tell her that there would be tennis being played. To be fair, I, I would love surprise tennis either. <laughs> Especially if it's happening in the bedroom. That's not cool. Yeah,
0: it's like, uh, we're just going to be playthrough through in here. What?
1: No, thank you. She also definitely sees the creature on the ceiling, but her brain doesn't like exactly know how to process it, so she just keeps saying that it's staring at her, but she thinks she's like in a school and maybe at the airport or something. But she's definitely talking to the thing. Like, what are you? Get out of here. Dawn hates this. She can hear her mom from the other room. She covers her ears with a pillow. Buffy, on the other hand, decides to drown this out by doing the dishes and turning the radio to maybe the most annoying song I've ever heard.
0: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) There's no lyrics, but if you put the captions on, it just says Spanish. (laughs) 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 It's just like this peppy little number, but it's like the same basic eight count over and over again.
0: Yeah, it's just... I think they're supposed to juxtapose that with, like, the the sadness of the situation, but, like...
1: It felt like this was the freest music we could find. (laughs) Yeah,
0: they're just like, we'll pay you to put this in the show.
1: Buffy starts crying. I don't know if it's because of Joyce or the song. You could turn the song off, Buffy. (laughs) The creature falls onto Joyce, throws up on her face. I guess that's step one of the killing. We don't ever see it kill anyone, do we? We
0: don't see it kill anyone, no. I also, is it throwing up or is that like mucus from its nose? Well, I don't know what its face is. It- well, I thought they said it was a snot monster.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess they do. Sorry, I got its bodily goo title wrong.
0: Yeah, don't embarrass the monster.
1: But this isn't the black goo. It's like a clearer green goo.
0: Yeah, I don't. I think maybe it hardens or something. I don't know.
1: It's got multiple goos. <laughs> I guess the black one is its cum, you said.
0: Okay, all right.
1: You, d- you said that.
0: I did. I did say that.
1: Don't make me the gross one. Don gets up to check on her, she sees the creature, she fights it off with a coat rack. I do kind of like the way the creature looks, much more than the snake creature from last week. It, yeah. Sometimes it looks better than others, but I, I don't know, I like that it's a little off mm-hmm. and kind of unpredictable. Like, you don't really know what it can do, its movements are weird, it makes this like shrieking noise all the time. It's so weird. I don't know how I feel about it. It almost feels like silly. yeah.
0: But like it's creepily done enough that like the silliness like works, so it's like not silly. I don't know how to describe what I'm saying, but like the creature design is good. I agree.
1: I think when it's moving across the ceiling, they must do some like. I mean, obviously, it can't be up there, so it's some kind of CGI. But it almost feels like the the movement is a little stilted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just an interesting design. It's it's better than most.
0: And also wasn't I mean, just it's humanoid a little bit because there's humans obviously playing it, but it's just it's different shaped than. So many of the Buffy demons, which are just like a human in green skin, yeah. you know? Yeah. Scales and horns.
1: Like in Angel, it's just like every demon's got a different colored mask on, but they're yeah. basically human. Yeah. Don manages to barricade them into the room. She calls for Buffy. Buffy and the creature do a classic stair tumble.
0: Stair tumble?
1: Yeah, they like fall down the stairs together like her and Oh,
0: Rachel. I see. Yeah.
1: It gets away from her, but she hears it lurking about the house somewhere when she bumps into a different creature who's been lurking in the basement spike what are you doing here he's like uh did you hear a noise
0: that was so funny (laughs) (laughs) he's in the basement like getting like pictures of her
1: yeah she sees i don't know how she saw i like really watched it slowly and you can't really tell what it is but he's like stashing pictures of her in his pocket she's like wait are those pictures of me he makes up some excuse that he's there to steal the junk in their basement because he needs stuff for his house But then the creature just knocks him over. Buffy has a knife in her hand, which I think Spike kicks out of the way to create a diversion. And then the creature goes after Buffy and Spike tosses her the knife. She stabs it a bunch. She got him. We all knew she could do it. (laughs) Spike helps her up. The army busts in just in time. Not. Spike says to Riley, you just missed a real nice time. Totally forgetting his British accent on that line. (laughs) And then Buffy goes upstairs to tell her fam the coast is clear. And then we cut to Ben. He gets in his car outside the hospital, where Glory's little minion is waiting for him in the back seat. Oh, no. Asking Ben why he did all this. Hmm. Why he summoned the Queller Demon. He's like, because I'm cleaning up Glory's mess, just like I've done my whole damn life. So, is Ben also a million years old? Is he like her brother or something? Me not know. What are you suggesting? Those are the only theories I have. That's all the information we get. They go home together. I don't know. He... No, I don't think the mini goes home with him. He drives off, though.
0: (laughs) He's like, all right, take us home.
1: Joyce is back at the hospital. It's the big day of the surgery. And before she heads off, she confesses to Buffy that she's got this feeling that Dawn isn't her kid. I thought Buffy was going to lie to her because, you know, she lied to her about everything for like two years. Yeah. But she doesn't. She tells her. Joyce doesn't really ask questions, but she seems to understand that Dawn is very important and does belong to them and that they have to take care of her. And that no matter what she is, she still feels like her daughter. And she makes Buffy promise to take care of Dawn no matter what happens to her. And then they wheel her off to surgery. That's it. Ooh. Brian, was this a good episode?
0: Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was like an interesting episode, but like there's some there's a lot of weird shit going on in it, honestly. So I don't know that I would say it's a good episode. I do know that this episode is important to a lot of people who have dealt with parents with, like, mental illness. Sure. That could relate to, like, what it's like to have a parent sort of, like, saying disturbing stuff and there's nothing you can do about it.
1: Yeah, or just a parent going through cancer. Yeah. I've had that with, like, grandparents, but not with parents.
0: So I'm not trying to diminish this. Like, if this episode was important to you, if it spoke to you, that's awesome, but just, like, objectively or subjectively, I guess, for me, like, it was a weird fucking episode, man.
1: Yeah, I I thought the Joyce stuff was fine. The Riley stuff was weird.
0: That's the part that was weird. Well, first off, we have the the villain in this episode, the Monster of the Week, is a a goo monster with smelly goo from the moon.
1: I don't mind the monster, because it ties into the season story, because now we know that Ben and Glory are a duo, and that Ben's her... Nemesis? I, I, really, I don't know. I
0: don't understand what you're talking about. What what's going on with Ben and Glory? No, seriously, what do you what are you suggesting?
1: That they know each other. They go way back.
0: You're saying that they're connected
1: somehow? Yes. Uh, it's so obvious.
0: I honestly don't understand what you're what?
1: You honestly don't you truly do not think I'm making sense right now?
0: Okay, I I'm 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 listening. Sorry, I got go to you. go
1: turn the gaslight off the stove.
0: You're telling me you think that Ben and Glory are connected somehow? Mm-hmm.
1: What? Put it in the logs. I predicted it. I legitimately it.
0: don't understand what you're talking about, but whatever. I, <laughs> okay. Do you think Ben knows Glory? Anyway, let's just- Stop, stop. I, this is dumb. It's not dumb. <laughs> it's not. It's not dumb. You're
1: being dumb.
0: <laughs> I'm being correct. It's not It's not dumb. I want you to know that.
1: Well, then the people will enjoy this, I guess.
0: I think they will a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anyway, I didn't mind the monster because it ties in to Glory a little bit, even though she's not in this episode because it ties into Ben. Uh, okay. <laughs> so it wasn't just like a one off. Right. Is Ben crazy and thinks he knows Glory? Is that what's happening?
0: I don't see how there's any connection to him at all, but go ahead. I don't know.
1: But the Riley stuff is weird because now Riley's on this journey of, you know, I'm going to go do crazy shit with vampires every night. But I don't know. He's suddenly like springing into action. It just felt a little odd. Like, they don't know what to do with him. Riley's like the opposite of Maggie Walsh. Like, they want him off the show, but they can't find someone else to take him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like. Where
1: was that actress? We were like, please stay. We need you. She's like, we're really
0: hoping that he would find something else and have to leave.
1: But they just have to keep writing episodes with him in it.
0: I don't know. Let's do like an X
1: Files episode.
0: I also think the helicopter shit is so stupid. The helicopters, bring, like, I don't know, they're bringing the military guys in. They just drive in. Man, it's, Where do they super live? fucking suspicious when there's just helicopters showing up in the woods.
1: Where are they stationed? I don't know. Are they in Sunnydale?
0: I mean, if they are, then why are they bringing helicopters? But they also can't be too far if it's helicopters. So I, right. I
1: do So it's a meh episode, you're saying?
0: Yeah, I would say it's a meh episode.
1: It wasn't awful. Still so much better than some early episodes of the show. All of them are at this point because there's going to be some delightful jokes or nice moments.
0: No, the writing is always like for the character, it's always funny. It's always good. Like the spike line, like, did you hear something? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just feel like this one was sort of like almost like they were like, we have a bunch of ideas. I don't know. Let's put in this one episode.
1: I liked it better than the last one, I think. You think so? Yeah. Well, I can't remember much. I liked this monster more than that monster. That's sure, the thing yeah. was dumb. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Okay. Should we move on? Yes. And now, for a special segment we like to call... Meanwhile on Charmed.
0: Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us has seen.
1: But we're discussing it anyway.
0: Based only on its IMDb summaries, Stacy, what happened on Charmed?
1: Meanwhile on Charmed Season 5, Episode 9, Sam I Am, Paige is given her first charge as a white lighter. Her real father, Sam. You remember what a white lighter is, right, Brian?
0: Yes, I remember what a white lighter is. What's a white lighter?
1: It is a boring dull person who brings joy to a room. They somehow make things better despite not being super interesting. They all have specific powers that if you combined can be pretty powerful.
0: Is this something you read offline or is this something we came up with? That's
1: what I have in my logs. Okay. That's what we said a white lighter was a while back. For example, a white letter we talked about in the past was able to bring people back from the dead temporarily, generally party related. <laughs> like yeah. They bring them back for a party.
0: Mm-hmm. That sounds like a real thing we said.
1: <laughs> so I assume that Paige has a different white lighter power.
0: Paige's white lighter power is to make people dance like really hard.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, most people's white lighter powers are party related.
0: Yeah. I mean- That's where they come from. And I mean, we'll get to that later.
1: Yeah, not all are. There's some there's some darker ones.
0: Anything not related to a party is kind of dark, honestly. But she's not a big fan of her real father because he didn't take care of her.
1: No. Paige's dad's not doing great. He's been eating a lot of green eggs and ham. Yeah,
0: he's getting sick because he doesn't know he doesn't have a wife. Yeah. tell him don't he doesn't eat know how to cook
1: that's yeah. all that's in the fridge it's been there for years that's that's what he's eating
0: so Paige teaches him this dance that is also how you cook um lo mein noodles and
1: <laughs> and broccoli
0: yeah obviously gotta get some veggies in there and so I mean that's honestly all that happens
1: yeah I mean Piper and Phoebe are doing some stuff they're having a fight the whole episode about like
0: who stole whose shoes and there's some magic and it's kind of funny but at the end of the day it's really about this low main dance
1: yeah i mean they're like all in the background the whole time like casting yeah. spells back and forth with each other turning each other into pigs and rhinos and stuff it's pretty crazy yeah Andy's big this whole episode he comes out of the cupboard he's a full human he's the one that stole the shoes and he like wore them out to an event none of them even knew it was him
0: yeah when he puts on the shoes, he's a full adult, he found out.
1: I mean, eventually, he goes back to being small, goes in the cupboard. Nobody knew. He
0: likes living in that cupboard, turns out. Yeah.
1: He, he loves it. He's a bit of a hermit now. Yeah. He locked it from the inside. But really, it's all about Paige teaching her dad this cooking dance.
0: Yeah. And it's
1: kind of sweet. It's sweet. Wow. Whoever watched this show, I bet we're not correct, right? I think we might have it right. This is maybe the most wrong we've ever been.
0: I doubt it. I think it's probably the closest we've been. Okay. This has been Meanwhile Uncharted.
1: Guys, because both Buffy and Gilmore Girls celebrate brave, confident women, for this episode, we have partnered with Davy Piper.
0: That's right. Davy Piper is a woman's clothing company that's committed to empowering women and celebrating their unique stories just like our shows.
1: They specialize in ultra-comfortable bras, undies, sleepwear, activewear, and loungewear. And let me tell you, since I've started working from home, whether I'm working or relaxing, loungewear is pretty much all I'm rocking. I got myself a pair of the Everyday Lounge Joggers, super soft, super lightweight, perfect for sitting back with a glass of wine to watch a show or sitting at my desk to edit the podcast.
0: They are soft, and Davey Piper's products feature premium, super soft fabrics like bamboo and organic cotton.
1: I also got the Grace Ribbed Wire-Free Lounge Bra. You were immediately drawn to that, weren't you?
0: I was. You know, because it was soft and because it empowers you. It does. That's why I liked it.
1: And Davy Piper caters to hard-to-fit sizes, including special busty sizing for E through I cups.
0: For flattering classic styles with a modern twist, visit DavyPiper.com And don't forget to use the discount code GilmoreSlayer to save 20% on your purchase.
1: Buffy and the Gilmore Girls would.
0: I just want to point out that Stacey got some Davy Piper pants. I did. And it's the only pants she wears now.
1: That's not true. I wear my gross old college pants.
0: Um, I d- cannot think of the last time you were not wearing these Davy Piper pants.
1: Like three days ago, I was wearing my gross old college pants.
0: Uh, maybe. Well, I was in the shower. You slipped them on for a second. I don't know. I'm not even kidding, guys. Like she wears these every day.
1: I'm directing a show in person now. I wore jeans to that. <laughs> guys, I don't know what pants to wear anymore. I need new jeans and I don't know what's cool. <laughs>
0: I have like five pairs of pajama pants that I rotate through based on their level of dirtiness. Okay.
1: I have five pairs of pants that I rotate through, but I <laughs> wear them for two weeks at a time until I switch.
0: Uh, that is not true. It um, is you true. You wear them for two weeks at a time until you get to your David Piper pants, and then you wear those forever. Davy Piper. Sorry.
1: Apologize to Davy.
0: Sorry, David. She. I'm not kidding, guys. She wears them all the time. Are you wearing them now?
1: Yes. If you want some comfy pants that last for months.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe don't buy them. I'm just saying that because your girlfriend, wife is never going to change your pants anymore. (laughs) <laughs> the same pants every day. They're nice, but it's does like, it bother you? No, it doesn't bother me. It's just like
1: it seems like it bothers you.
0: Do I need to lend you money for more pants? We can get yes. more Davy Piper
1: pants. You just if you give me money, I will buy three more pairs of Davy Piper. Just pants.
0: be advised: if you buy these pants, apparently they're so comfortable, you've been wearing them for like two months.
1: The ad is done. It's just true. They're very comfy. They're light and soft. They got pockets.
0: Yeah, and you're gonna have like receipts in them from a month ago. <laughs>
1: Okay, let's move on.
0: To new pants. Let's get some new Davy Piper pants, please. I don't know
1: why it bothers him if it doesn't bother him. Then we watched Gilmore Girls. Brian, tell us about Emily Says Hello.
0: So this episode is about a couple of things, but mainly it's about the fallout of Rory's little clandestine trip to tell her real father to stop hanging out with Lorelai. Mm, mm-hmm. So the episode starts with Jackson outside Dosey's market like a drug addict, begging uh, Lorelai to buy him groceries to satisfy Sugi's ever-changing pregnancy cravings. He doesn't want to go in because ever since he became Selectman, everyone is always like mobbing him and asking him for favors and to do different things for them. Uh, and this includes Lorelei, by the way who agrees to, like, help him and shop for him very nicely, but then mentions that, oh, uh, she wants a pothole filled near the dragonfly. By the way, he just, like, hates his new position. Like, it's so clear that he's not going to keep it, that he's going to give it back to Dosi at some point.
1: You don't think he's going to keep it? No. Okay.
0: Yeah, he he hates it. Like, he's being followed by people all the time, asking him for stuff. I don't know how much power the selectman actually has, because it feels like all of this, like, people dogging him and stuff, like, if, like how much power could he have?
1: It does seem like they need him to sign things. Like, everyone's after him.
0: Yeah. He and Lorelai take the groceries back to Suki's, and she's just, like, an emotional pregnant mess at home. She's crying over some soft human interest stories from an old People magazine.
1: (laughs) She's, like, very upset that someone broke up a decade ago.
0: Yeah, who she could not name.
1: (laughs) I love when Jackson's like, Suki, tons of people have broken up since then. She's like, what? Yeah.
0: Uh, she's already over the food that they brought for her and wants something else. She mentions to Lorelai that at least she's handling this pregnancy better than Christopher's wife, Sherry. And then Lorelai kind of realizes that Christopher hasn't called her ever since he like panicked and called her that one night. So at Yale, there's kind of a lot happening in Rory's dorm. Specifically, like Paris is for her religious beat, fasting for Ramadan. Like she, you know, she wants to be like part of the story she's covering. And I think we're supposed to feel like she's being, like, extra snippy because she's hungry. But really, it's like, I cannot tell the difference between regular really mean Paris and hangry Paris. They're the same.
1: You know, you're right. That's fair.
0: It's like, oh, Paris is in a bad mood. It's like, when is she not in a bad mood? Paris is even upset that Rory's chewing gum because the gum food particles are getting in her nose. And then Marty shows up with some fancy leftovers from a catering gig. And that's too much for Paris. So Marty and Rory go into Rory's room to eat the stuff in there. So I feel like there's this, like, uh, Marty and Rory are getting closer thing happening, and she's not with Dean anymore.
1: Hmm. And Logan's not in this episode, right?
0: He's not. We also find out that Rory is just tired of humoring her grandparents with their separate Friday night dinner situations. She wants Lorelai to help her convince both of them to reconcile and plans to do this by having Lorelai spend the next Friday night dinner just with Emily, trying to nudge her to reconcile with Richard, and Rory will do the same with Richard, nudging him to get back together with Emily. Lorelai is skeptical of all this, but she agrees. Later at Luke's, we get a very quick, almost gloss over confirmation that Dean and Rory broke up. hmm Like, I really feel that their breakup was an absurd overreaction from Dean. I mean, Rory is all he has right now. Like, this yeah. is like, that's all he has. So you'd think he'd maybe mad at her, maybe get in a fight, but like, literally, she's the reason you left your wife. I mean, getting found out is, but I mean, at the end of the day, she's the reason you left your wife. You've wanted to be with her forever And you're just like, ah, she's rich and she has a rich boy next to her. I'm leaving forever. Like, no, I don't believe that he wouldn't try to make this work.
1: It really did need more of a moment. I mean, they've broken up before in a kind of a big way. So maybe we don't need like a whole. They've broken up twice before in a big way. So maybe we don't need a whole saga about their breakup, but. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Just the reason wasn't big enough. And like a exposition, why are we at the library studying line from Luke about Dean and Roy's breakup? Yeah. It's not enough.
0: It also didn't even feel like a breakup. It didn't feel like, oh, they're breaking up. It felt like a fight.
1: Yeah, because the last episode, I mean, I knew that they were broken up because I've seen the show. But the last episode did not really indicate that they'd broken up. Dean was just like, I don't belong here. Goodbye. That doesn't mean like goodbye forever. You can't just end a relationship like that with bye. you got to talk a little. Yeah, yeah. See, just to like hear it from Luke is weird.
0: Yeah, I thought the writing here was a little bad about that. But whatever, I wanted him gone, and he's gone, so right. whatever, they're, I'm fine At least with it. they're
1: handling it better than Buffy. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Rebecca Rand <laughs> Yeah. Ugh,
0: she really tried to write Riley out.
1: I guess. know. She was like, can I just please get Riley out of this episode the same way I'm doing with Dean over here? Maybe she learned from her mistakes in Buffy.
0: Well, I bet on Buffy, she's like, I tried giving him radiation poisoning, didn't happen.
1: (laughs) She's like, no, I should have cut Riley out of that episode. I'm gonna get Dean out of this one immediately.
0: Yeah, I bet that after the Riley episode, she was just like, the next time she got a chance to get rid of a Riley-esque character, she's like, nah, gone. (laughs) It felt good. I've been wanting to do that ever since Buffy.
1: Jared Paladecki showed up to set, and they're like, no, no, (laughs) no, no. no, you're not in the script. Luke says you broke
0: up. What?
1: I guess I'll go to Supernatural. TJ shows
0: up to take a shower at Luke's because TJ had a towel rack installation incident and now his water pipes are broken. (laughs) He keeps mentioning that he smells. He just like keeps mentioning that he smells. Is this like a bit with TJ? Like every episode with TJ, the writers are just like, hmm, what's like a one thing TJ can just keep saying? You know, that, that he loves tights, that he's an escrow, that he smells. Okay, well, we're done writing for that character.
1: Maybe Rebecca Rand Kirshner and loves stank. <laughs> yeah,
0: she's got the smelly goo and Buffy and just smelly TJ. I knew we find
1: similarities.
0: Yeah. So Luke is like, okay, you can use my shower. He's like, cool, can I have some of your coffee? And also I'm going to need a crawler because your coffee's too bitter. God, TJ's a bit of a douche.
1: By the way, we have started adding cinnamon to oh, our coffee yeah. grounds like Luke does. Yeah. It's
0: good. Yeah, it is. It just, why, did no one, why did no one tell us to do this?
1: It is in the Gilmore Girl cookbook to do that, I think. I like it. I like it. It makes my morning happier. Yeah. Hmm. This has been a commercial for cinnamon.
0: At the Dragonfly, Michelle has discovered that two of their guests are none other than the bathrobe bandits. Wow. That's a couple who regularly stole their bathrobes from the Independence Inn. And Michelle is very concerned. He's like, do you think they'll stop at robes? What if they take a couch or a credenza? And Lorelai's like, leave him alone. He's like, fine, I'll just leave a vaguely threatening note in their room. When it comes to customer service, I have to say, sometimes Michelle is my spirit animal. Oh. I want to be mean to people, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I love that he keeps descriptive logs of bad customers.
0: Yeah, he had to go consult the logs to see if it was them. Lorelai remembers what Suki said and calls Christopher, who is awkward on the phone for no reason we can think of. Obviously, we know that Rory told him to stop calling Lorelai, but Lorelai doesn't know that. We've talked about this before, but Christopher and Lorelai have, like, super good chemistry together. Mm -hmm. Like, you could feel it as soon as Lorelai starts talking to him. The two have this, like, intimate friends who love each other situation. Like, Lauren Graham does a great job conveying that in this scene.
1: I'm so proud of you for knowing her name.
0: Every scene scene she has with him, I think especially this season, has been, like, if I weren't so invested in Luke, I'd be like, oh, they could date. But also, I, I want to say it's more like friends. Just like really close, intimate friends. Like friendships that like you want to have with somebody. I don't
1: know. Mm-hmm. And what's Christopher, the actor's name?
0: Hmm. <laughs> Lester Graham.
1: <laughs> Lester and Lauren Graham? Yeah.
0: That's why they're so good on screen together.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So Lorelai is like, hey, buddy, long time. No talk. What's up? She could tell something is wrong, but like can't figure out what. And right when they're about to hang up, Chris suddenly makes a point of saying that he really appreciates her help when she came over to help with Gigi. But it was a one-time thing, and he knows he shouldn't be bothering Lorelai with his problems, and he's sorry about that. He knows that she's got her own life, her own things going on. So don't worry about him. And I think he means this, too. Like, I think he legit loves Lorelai, and Rory's warning to him did have an impact on him. Like, I legit think that, you know, it was like a kind of a hurtful thing she said, but he was like, oh, but like, I don't want to like ruin her life or her her life.
1: Yeah, he's had time to think about it.
0: Yeah, and I feel like Rory's comment like maybe made him reflect a little bit. Lorelai, though, insists that he can call her anytime. She and Chris have bonds, baby. And you can see like the relief in Christopher's face when she says that. And this sort of like breaks the ice a little bit between them. I feel like he feels better because, like, it means he hasn't lost life from his life forever. And then the conversation turns to Gigi, and it's a little bit more friendly or, like, more relaxed. And she insists that he should bring Gigi to the inn when she finds out that he's going to be near Stars Hollow soon. So he's like, all right, well, okay, if you insist, I'll, I'll bring Gigi by. We'll see how that goes.
1: We'll see how that goes.
0: And then it's Friday night dinners. We love it. Lorelei and Rory spring their split dinner plans on Richard and Emily, who now both have to improvise. Emily wasn't ready to make drinks. Richard wasn't ready to make food. Richard is excited to have Rory all to himself, but he's got no food in the pool house.
1: What was he going to eat? Was the cook going to cook for the whole. I assume so. I think the cook would have. premises and then bring it over to Richard? Is that the policy? Yeah. But, like, why can't that still happen? Why can't the cook bring their two meals over there? I suppose they could. Like, what was Richard gonna do for dinner? That's a good point. He has only Nutella and batteries.
0: He blames his valet. Too. He's like, he's not much of a like grocery shopper. But it's like, but well, you don't eat groceries, dude. You don't cook.
1: Yeah. Why would he buy that stuff for you? By the way, Brian recently fell into a jar of Nutella. I don't know if you heard.
0: Okay, that's no one knows what you're talking about. <laughs> Stacy may have caught me eating a lot of Nutella, and I said it was an accident. <laughs> She was like, You fell? And I said, Yes.
1: (laughs) Well, you were like, I accidentally ate Nutella. I was like,
0: What? It's true. It happens to the best of us. You guys know what I'm talking about.
1: Brian loves Nutella. I think it's fine.
0: Nutella is so good. Anyway, all Richard has is a frozen pizza that is like centuries old. And he tries to cook it, but he doesn't even know how to cook (laughs) it. He cooks it raw. Rory um, pretty clearly suggests to Richard that he should maybe move back in with Emily, maybe make. Things work with Emily. She clearly does this, but it is still, like, kind of subtle. Like, you know what we're talking about, but, like, I'm not saying it, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. But he doesn't, like, eat your chicken her this time. Exactly. You're a sweet girl.
0: Yeah. There's a look on his face that you can't tell how he feels. He Yeah. You can tell he knows what she's talking about, but he doesn't immediately say, like, well, I'm not going to do that. But he also isn't like, I'm on board. So it's like, maybe he's open to it. We'll see. That's interesting. Lorelai, on the other hand, is having less success. Emily is trying to make a drink. If you remember, up until now, Richard has had the drink portion of the evening and took the nice drink cart.
1: She's just like muttering all this stuff to herself.
0: Yeah. She's worried that her ice is too old. She says, you know what they say? A little notice ensures fresh ice. <laughs> and Lorelai's like, who says <laughs> who that? Says that? <laughs> like, what? It's not a saying. We uh, these old fashions were made from ice from probably uh, when you started wearing those uh, pants. So very old ice.
1: I mean, maybe they don't use a lot of ice. Still
0: great old fashion. There's a lot of funny lines between Lorelai and Emily. Emily sits next to Lorelai on the couch and then Lorelai says, "Uh, isn't this weird for you sitting next to each other? (laughs) So close. It's funny because it's a misdirect because you're supposed to think that she's saying, like, isn't this weird with the situation with Richard? And then Emily says, explain to me again why we're doing this. And Lorelai responds, I have no idea because you usually say over there. (laughs) Another misdirect. This scene is also funny because when Rory's talking to her grandfather, her suggestions are like a little subtle, even though he can pick up on what she's saying. But Lorelai literally just sets her drink down and says to her mom, so mom, you think you and dad are getting back together? <laughs> and Emily says no.
1: Absolutely not.
0: And she's she's not going to because, you know, Richard didn't offer to butter her roll one time. So she yeah. knows that he has moved on. She
1: made her reach for her own butter.
0: That was why I left my last girlfriend is uh, she didn't yeah. butter my roll.
1: Well, you can't expect a woman to. This was so funny. Emily's being, like, so overdramatic. It just made me, like, really love the actress in the moment. Because she's mm-hmm. just, like, telling this whole story about he didn't butter her role. And it it seems so stupid. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, I could see my mom being upset about that. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's funny, too, because I bet Richard, like, does not even remember this event.
1: Exactly. But at the end of it all, she's just like, it's very upsetting. <laughs> in such an over-dramatic way.
0: But then Lorelai almost chokes on her drink when Emily says... You know, she wants to start dating. Ooh. Yeah, Emily goes on to ask Lorelai for dating advice. Like, what are some good pickup lines to let men know that you're interested? Lorelai's like, I don't know, try hello.
1: Yeah, she says there's a lot of men at the club who've made their interests known. Yeah. There's also a really fun bit about weasels. Like, Emily makes a joke about being a weasel, like a sarcastic joke. And then Lorelai later, when she asks, like, what's the proper way to flirt with a guy? She's like, well, if you're a weasel, you offer him your hindquarters. (laughs) Yeah. At
0: the end of their dinners, there's a really fun scene where Lorelai and Rory meet to discuss their progress. Rory thinks she's made some good progress with Richard. And Lorelai just bluntly reports, Grandma wants to date. She wants to date men who hang out at the club and who have expressed interest in the past.
1: (laughs) so funny. Yeah, she says it like so robotically.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's not what Rory wanted to hear, so...
1: Also, this scene is just right outside. Yeah. They left and like had this conversation right outside the front door. They would wait till they got in the car. But totally. it's probably so much easier to shoot this than driving. Yeah. You got to deal with the moving car and the green screen. It always looks bad. This is easier to shoot, but it doesn't make sense that they would just wait till they were in the car. They do this all the time. Rory pitches that they should switch next time and try again. I kind of wanted to see that.
0: Yeah, I'm sad we didn't get to see that.
1: It felt like they were setting up for that, but they they don't switch.
0: Lorelai then invites Rory to lunch tomorrow at the inn. She doesn't mention that Christopher is going to be there. It's obvious to us that she's trying to surprise Rory, and also obvious to us that Lorelai's oblivious to the fact that it's going to be super awkward. Mm Mm-hmm. The next day at the inn, Chris shows up, and he and Lorelai are getting along great. He's impressed with the inn and tells her that she did it. She, like, achieved her dream. And it's honestly, I feel like, a touching moment. Yeah. It's nice, and then Rory shows up, and it gets weird. Lorelai can tell something's up, but she can't quite figure out what it is. And then she's got to go deal with some inn stuff, specifically the bathrobe bandits, but we don't find that out till later. As soon as she leaves, Rory is pissed at Christopher. Christopher tries to explain that he did stay away, just like Rory asked, and he's only there because Lorelai specifically insisted on lunch, and he didn't have a good reason to turn her down. He says that he didn't want to rat Rory out by mentioning that she showed up and said all that stuff to him. Rory isn't having any of this. She's like, you think you can just waltz in here and screw everything up? Then Lorelai shows back up to all this thick awkwardness, and Christopher just, like, finds an excuse to leave suddenly. Then Rory, like, demands to know how this meeting happened, and she learns from Lorelai that Lorelai did indeed call Christopher. He didn't call her. And then Lorelai's like, okay, what's going on? And Rory admits that she secretly told Christopher not to call Lorelai anymore. She explains that Christopher seems to always ruin things when they're going great for Lorelai. Because Lorelai is always waiting for him, for him to get his shit back together. Lorelai says that Rory is way off base, and she's totally into Luke, but... When Rory asks how Luke felt when she mentioned that she was going to be hanging out with Christopher, Lorelai lies and says he was fine with it, but it's clear to us that she has not told Luke about it. The scene ends with Lorelai telling Rory not to worry about it, and they get lunch. Uh, okay. Okay. So this scene is completely unbelievable to me.
1: Unbelievable. How is Lorelai
0: not angry? This whole thing is such a betrayal from Rory. She went behind Lorelai's back and sabotaged her relationship with her ex because she thinks she knows what's best for Lorelai. And doesn't trust Lorelai enough to make her own decisions? Are you kidding? Yeah, you're right.
1: She might be a little more upset. She does say immediately, like, you're way off base here. But then it's like, let's get lunch, buddy. Well... In the next scene, she confesses to Suki that she lied to Rory about having told Luke. So I think she also might feel a little caught. Yeah, but that doesn't
0: make the betrayal any less of a betrayal. Yeah. No, like Lorelai has let Rory make all of her own terrible dating decisions from day one. She hated that Rory and Dean cheated on his wife, but she still supported Rory, even though she had to do it through clenched teeth and her relationship with Dean afterwards. Laura Light, like supports her all the time. And when other people are like, you need to tell her what to do, she's like, no, she's got to make her own decisions. I can't be the one to tell her all this stuff. And for Rory to be like, well, I know what's best for mom. I'm going to ruin her relationship with her ex, with my dad. That's too much. And not only is it unfair and uncool to do to your mom, it's also unfair to Christopher.
1: Yeah, I didn't really think about her conversation with Lorelai as much as I was affected by her conversation with Christopher. Watching her conversation with Christopher the whole time, I was like, he's right. Like, what was he supposed to do? Yeah. He was put in a weird position by her. I'm not saying what she did was necessarily wrong. Like, that's what she felt was the right thing to do. It, it may not her place. You're right. But, like, what? Yeah, what's he supposed to do? He can't rat Rory out, like he said. I was like, yeah, that's true. You can't. Otherwise, that makes Rory look bad. So you're like being honorable by not telling Lorelai that she did a shitty thing. And then when she's like pushing back when she doesn't believe him, he's like, I'm your dad. You owe me like a little bit of respect. Which is interesting because I feel like she can get away with sort of being a brat to him since they don't really have a close yeah. relationship. They don't have a bad relationship, but he's not like in her life a ton. I and
0: mean, they don't really have much of a relationship at all, honestly.
1: Right. So I feel like she she does have a bit more wiggle room than like you or my, I might where we like grew up in the same house as our dad. Yeah. But I do feel like he's right. Like, I can pull the dad card here. Like, don't talk to me like that. And he's also right about he's got a relationship with her mom that has existed for a long time. I mean, she kind of retorts with, like, oh, just because you and her have a relationship, that's more important than my relationship with her. Which also maybe is a valid point from Rory. Like, just because they were friends for a long time doesn't mean that diminishes her relationship with her mom, which is newer and closer.
0: But that's see, that's this misreading it, though, because... Him having a relationship with Lorelai does not negate her relationship with her mother. Yeah. Really what he should be saying, like, who are you to be telling your mother who she can and cannot see? No, that's not not even what's happening. Who are you to decide for your mother without telling her who she can and cannot see? Yeah. That's a huge betrayal. I'm sorry, that really bothered me. Like, I'm sure some people, like, see the point, and, and I will address some truth to what Rory said to Christopher, but, like, I I just, this is just such a betrayal. I would, if I had a daughter, I'd be so angry if I were in Lorelai's position.
1: Yeah, I think it would have been better if Lorelai had some of Christopher's attitude in this scene.
0: She's just all like, well, let's get lunch. Like, I'd be like, did you talk to Max Medina? Because he seemed very uninterested in me last time I talked to him, too. Right. I, I don't know. It's just, it's not even just like some dude who like treats her like shit and she can't see through it. It's like a guy who maybe she hurts herself over because she's, like, waiting for him, whatever. But, like, to just decide for your mother what's best for her, is that's not okay, man. And
1: you're right. Like, Lorelai has voiced her opinion when she doesn't like Rory's boyfriends, but she doesn't like metal. She just kind of lets it happen.
0: And that's fine. See, that's the difference. If if Rory had said to her mother, like, hey, I don't think you should hang out with Christopher, just letting you know, like, you've been hurt a bunch of times, that might have been a difficult conversation. But, like, then your mother would have gotten that information and she would have made a decision with your information. But instead, honestly, what Rory did was the cowardly thing, which is to not say this to her mother. And is instead to hurt Christopher, who honestly was not trying to, like, take advantage of Lorelai or didn't realize what he was doing. The brave right thing to do was to say this all to Lorelai, to her face, and let her make the decision. Yeah. I lost a lot of respect for Rory for this. It, it really bothered me.
1: Ooh, is this the downfall of Rory?
0: I guess. Anyway, sorry. I know some of you guys hate Christopher. I get it. I get it. And there's some truth to what she said. I think, but it's Lorelai's decision to make. Anyway, the next day, while hanging out with Suki, Lorelai admits that she lied about telling Luke about this stuff. And Suki's like, "Well, I could see why. You know, the dude does beat up cars,"
1: <laughs>
0: referencing when uh, Nicole was seeing another man and he like kicked the car, and a cop arrested him for a law that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Sugi and Lorelai are talking and they walk to her house where Jackson is upset because the town is trying to force him to do more town stuff, like run town meetings or do ribbon cutting ceremonies. Someone has even left a giant pair of novelty scissors on his doorstep as like a threat to do this. Yeah, it's like like the horse head in the bed.
1: He's like waving it around for emphasis.
0: Yeah, it's funny. So Lorelai goes to Luke's and flusteredly tells him both the bathrobe bandit story and quickly mentions that she had lunch with Christopher and Rory and Gigi. Wasn't just, wasn't just Christopher? Other people were there? This was funny. Yeah.
1: She played awkward so well here. I agree. He was like trying to clean under her plate and she just like held it up for a long time way after he was done (laughs) cleaning.
0: Lauren Graham did a great job this episode. I also want to point out, I know I've said this before, but like Lauren Graham just looks great this season. I don't know if it's her hair or what. Lauren Graham does look great. Like, honestly, I was thinking that this episode was like, you look so good this episode. I don't know what's going on. Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham. I mean, I, hey, and I looked over you and I thought you looked good too. It's probably those pants. Thank you. By the way, I don't know if you guys can tell, but our super is just like sawing pipe outside or something, which is convenient because we'll be talking about that soon, but I don't know what it is. It's
1: 9 p.m. on a fucking Thursday.
0: I don't know what the fuck he's doing.
1: It's not a nighttime. I mean, it's not that late, but it's a little late. Yeah.
0: Whatever, man. What, what do you need sod right now? Anyway. So Luke, here's what she says. He smiles and says, okay. And then he walks to the kitchen. Then Lorelai gets a call from a hysterical Emily. She's got a date coming over and she's got no idea what to wear. And it's Lorelai's fault that all this is happening because Lorelai's line worked too well.
1: <laughs> hello. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, the word hello. So she demands that Lorelai come help her get ready.
1: It's so funny when she answers the phone. She's like, who is this? And Emily's like, this is you in 20 years. Who do you think it is? Yeah, It's <laughs> very funny when she makes jokes because usually she hates jokes. I know. But she makes jokes. She also threatens to book a DAR function every weekend until the day she dies if Lorelai doesn't come over right now. It's funny because it's like Emily knows her daughter hates her. <laughs> like acknowledges that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: At Emily's house, Emily is just losing her shit. Her room and closet are amazing, though. They are huge.
1: What? Her closet is bigger than our apartment. Yeah, I know. I don't know if we've ever seen that.
0: Emily has a a line about being very nervous at her wedding, and she wishes that she had had a crystal ball so that she could have eaten her salad because she remembered it looked delicious. It's a funny line if you, like, break it down and eventually understand what she's maybe talking about. (laughs) But I feel like it was confusing. She's not eating the salad because she's nervous, and if she sees the future, she'd know that it wasn't going to matter, so she can eat the salad. Or this wedding's not going to matter, so she can like get fat by eating. The- I don't. I don't really understand. Lorelai seems like sort of reluctant to like really help her mother with any of this, but she does ask Emily if dating is what she really wants to do. And when Emily says yes, Lorelai's like, "All right, she's on board," and she starts to like help her mom pick out some clothes, even though her mom ends up choosing something else anyway. Yeah. And the date goes well. Emily goes out with the guy. They're getting along. Apparently, Emily has scandalous friends. Yeah. Who whisper dirty things to like deaf men. I don't know. It's it's a little weird, honestly.
1: Yeah, but it culminates in her saying, yes, I'm very dangerous, just as my mate.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the part that mattered. That part was really funny.
1: And then she says she'll have another glass of wine.
0: Yeah. So that indicates to us that she's having a good time.
1: She's getting loose.
0: Yeah. She's about to say hello again.
1: Ooh. Maybe she'll say goodbye. <laughs>
0: Oh, they're breaking up. That's how you break up in the Gilmore universe. <laughs> That's
1: true. Like, Dean,
0: you say you don't belong here. Goodbye. And that means you're broken up.
1: Oh, no. Don't say goodbye, Emily. I mean, or do Do we want with her, with Richard, or with this guy?
0: I don't know. It's tough to say this guy. He's real cool. I'm he really. He goes to with the symphony
1: more. every night. That's the epitome of cool. <laughs> yeah. It's I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Does it change? That's a lot, man. Yeah. i might have a symphony problem.
0: That same night, Jackson is driving past Miss Patty's when Miss Patty runs out frantically yelling for Jackson to come help her because her accompanist, because her accompanist, I don't know how to say this, because her accompanist, <laughs> is that wrong? Accompanist? Accompanist? That's
1: felt close. Accompanist?
0: I'm sorry, what was it?
1: Accompanist? Accompanist? I'm
0: sorry, what's going on?
1: Accompanist.
0: Accompanist? Accompanist. accompanist.
1: accompanist. accompanist. accompanist.
0: I uh, had to, like, put the captions Piano player. Yeah, the piano player's passed out.
1: I know how to say it. accompaniment. That's the music. Accompanist. Right.
0: This whole scene is very funny. She's like, my accompanist <laughs> has passed out. And he's all like, is she breathing? Did you check her pulse? And Miss Patty's like, I don't know. I didn't. These are all good ideas. <laughs> Come with me. <laughs> and she, like, drags him inside. And then it's a surprise town meeting. No one expects the entire town.
1: You said you didn't telegraph this scene.
0: I didn't. I should have. I didn't, I though. did.
1: I've, I mean, I probably have seen the episode, but I truly remembered almost nothing of this episode, if anything at all.
0: Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I mean, rewatching it, it's clear they set it up, but they actually don't spend a bunch of time on it. They just said there's a time meeting. He's like, I, I don't want to do that.
1: I think because they had said earlier that he didn't want to do town meetings and he was like in front of Miss Patty's. I was like, what else would this scene be? We don't care about her. A companyist.
0: yeah. He goes to leave, but then Kirk just, like, slams the door behind Jackson and stands in front of it, forcing him to run the meeting. All this is pretty funny. Just, like, Kirk trying to be intimidating is also funny. It's almost like they need this, like they're all addicts for, yeah. like, town meetings.
1: <laughs> Rebecca Rand Kirshner loves to write an addiction. She wrote Riley's addiction. Sucking <laughs> <Yeah>. off vampires.
0: <laughs> whoa, no, whoa, 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 whoa. The vampires suck him off, but right, right, not right. in a sex way. Earlier than this, though, Luke is at Liz and TJ's house, helping with some pipe restoration. TJ says that he and Luke really work well together. And Luke's like, yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) But TJ's like, yeah, we got a rhythm. We could even start a new civilization together. Looks like two guys can't start a civilization. So he's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, Liz can come. But, well, she's your sister, so we can't really share Liz. So uh, (laughs) Lorelai can come, too. We can share. We can share. (laughs) Looks like, okay, no more civilization talk. (laughs) Then Luke... You know, starts to male bond a little bit, and he asks TJ if he considers himself a jealous man. And then TJ gets, like, what seems like maybe a bit serious. He makes a joke first, but then maybe gets a bit serious and maybe a bit wise-sounding about why jealousy is bad and why he isn't a jealous man. So Luke clearly talking about him and Lorelei essentially says, hypothetically, so if Liz had lunch with an ex, it's no big deal, right? Like, she told you eventually, so you should just let it go, right? There's a pause, and then TJ <laughs> grabs a pipe and shouts, who the hell is Liz having lunch with? Is it Art? I told him never to come sniffing around here again. And then he's just like, runs inside with his pipe yelling about art to go find art (laughs) to kill art. It's so (laughs) fucking funny. He goes from zero to 60 in like a snap. It's so funny. I'm not a jealous man. Who's having lunch with Liz?
1: I mean, like I said, I honestly don't think I remember this episode at all. Did not remember this scene. We've never laughed harder at the show.
0: This is so fucking funny. I laughed so fucking hard. We,
1: We had to take a little break and laugh at that moment.
0: It's so great because it's so out of the blue because they really made you feel like maybe he's listening and like going to give some advice that'll be like simple, but like maybe Sage too. (laughs) Just picks up that pipe like to go kill Art.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. It it might have something to do with the fact that I don't remember the scene. I didn't see the joke coming, but
0: just storms off into the house. Oh, it was funny. Then during the town meeting. Uh, and off screen, Luke goes on a date to go watch St. Elmo's Fire with Lorelai. We don't see this that. This but... be
1: like right after the pipe time, because yeah. he said he got out of a town meeting to exactly. go, go to the movie. Busy night for Luke.
0: And after Luke drops her off, and then after some smooches, Smooch? Luke walks back to his car and then mentions that, you know, he's fine that she had lunch with Christopher. He's like, yeah, it's no big deal. She's like, good. And he gets back in his car. Now, I don't know how we're supposed to feel about this. I think we're supposed to think it's like, oh, good. Luke is overcoming any jealousy that he had and he's being cool. But, like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it.
1: The fact that he's thinking about if he's jealous or not with TJ yeah. means he probably is.
0: Oh, I think we know that he is. But, like, and we
1: don't see it get resolved with TJ. Right. And really, no time has passed since it's probably the same night. So, I don't know when he thought about it during the movie.
0: I feel like the the better thing to do is not say, it's okay that you had lunch with your ex.
1: Yeah, because she wasn't really asking for permission.
0: Exactly. So it's sort of like, you hear it, you maybe do feel a twinge of jealousy or something, but then you're like, okay, but I'm aware that that's just a stupid thing I'm feeling, and I don't think she's sleeping with her ex, so I don't need to say anything to her about it.
1: Or then he needs to say like, yeah, I maybe should have said this before, but... I could tell you were weird about Christopher, and it's fine with me. You know, just, like, give it a little context rather than make it seem like he's giving her permission to hang out with a friend.
0: Yeah. At the end of this episode, Paris is finally done with her fast, and she's ordered a comical amount of food. I Honestly, I thought this joke was dumb. Like, this show is so smart and so funny, but I thought this joke was so stupid. She's got, like, four or five different types of takeout. She orders, like, five pizzas, and then she's like, where's my cheesy bread? It's like, there's no way you would be able to eat one of these pizzas by yourself.
1: Yeah, it's, it's three pizzas, I think. But yeah, she's like, where's the cheesy bread? Check the other two boxes. You know, like she freaks yeah. out to go kill the pizza guy. If it's art, go for it. But You're not, yeah.
0: <laughs> but also, you probably aren't even going to be able to eat these. Right. You were already eating Chinese food. Paris offers some of the food to Rory, but Rory's like, no, I'm going to go study at Marty's. They're studying kind of like half-heartedly on his bed, and they take a break. Rory mentions that she broke up with her boyfriend, and she also mentions her father issues, which is nothing compared to Marty's father issues at all.
1: (laughs) Which he starts talking about, and she's just like, "Mm." Your
0: incredible stories, boring."
1: I don't know how I feel, because first Marty just says, yeah, dads can be tough. And I kind of would have been just happy with that being like a callback to him casually dropping that his uncle's his dad. Yeah. But then he goes on to elaborate, which was also funny. Yeah, but I, I think I would have liked it if he just said that. And it was if you know, you know, but they went on to spell it out, which they probably had to because that was like several episodes ago and people Enough. weren't binging this.
0: Yeah, but she's like fallen asleep during a story on his bed, which is oof.
1: she trusts him.
0: She does. What's oof about it is that Marty's like, so you broke up with your boyfriend clearly wanted to like discuss that. And she's like asleep. So he kind of like looks over at her like longingly or like, I want to talk about this, though, because I love you. <laughs>
1: You felt uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, for a moment, I was like, is he going to make a move on her while she's trying to sleep? He didn't. But like for a second, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be like a dark episode of Gilmore Girls.
1: Right at the end.
0: That's when they would put it.
1: Yeah, that's true. No, she's just friend zoning him hard.
0: Yeah, which she has a right to do. But it's just you feel bad for him while she's like sleeping on his bed. And he's just like, oh, I'll just sit here and be sad about us. Yeah. Also this night. Lorelai gets a voicemail from Christopher asking her to call him back. He'll be up late so she can call whenever. And she takes like a second to think, and then she just goes to bed. She doesn't call him back, which I think is her hearing what her daughter said and thinking maybe there's a little bit of truth to that. Yeah. Which, again, is like, Rory, if you had just had this conversation with your mother, she would have got the information, processed it, and came to the same conclusion, and no one would have been hurt.
1: What's weird to me about the scene is it's fine that she didn't call Christopher back, but she was like about to watch a movie with a bowl of popcorn. and She just like goes upstairs to bed instead. <laughs> like, You don't have to stop your evening because you're not going to call him back. Yeah, that's true. I don't think she has a TV upstairs. She's just taking that popcorn up to bed with her.
0: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Lorelai eats popcorn in bed. But at the very end of the episode, Emily gets home from her date. This guy is dropping her off, and he's just so happy that she said hello at the club. She's like, yeah, twice, which I'm like, wait, what? Whoa. What the fuck does that mean? Did she say, like, hello to his face and then look down at his dick and say hello? Because that is a pickup line suddenly. That's like...
1: Yeah, saying hello twice seems a little crazy, actually. She better watch out for those meteor monsters.
0: (laughs) So it seems like it went great.
1: Yeah, they handshake goodnight.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Which in grandparent lingo is third base. Yes, She gets in, she shuts the door behind her, and then Emily just starts sobbing. Bummer. what does that mean? She's not excited about dating.
1: Or she's sad they only handshaked.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm so horny. Oh, my God.
1: Why doesn't he love me? I said hello so many times.
0: How many times do I gotta say hello? Greet this man all night. Just let me fuck him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, do you think that's what it was?
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I read. And I think I'm right.
1: I mean, what do you think it was?
0: I mean, I think she doesn't want to be with the guy.
1: But she had a good time. What's she feeling?
0: Emily's all about putting on appearances.
1: Do you think she was faking it through the date?
0: Yeah, I do. Well, I do think that maybe she was enjoying herself a little bit. Yeah. like
1: Like She probably felt a little spoiled. Like, I bet he buttered her roll.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. But I think in the moment it was fun. But afterwards, it's like, what does this actually mean, though? Like, you did it. You did the thing. What does that mean in context that means you're leaving Richard?
1: Which she maybe didn't think about until she
0: got home. Or like she did, but it wasn't real until the date was over. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it was probably real when the guy showed up, but like there was this fun flirty dating thing happening. But as soon as that stopped, reality comes cracking back. So, Stacey, do you think this is a good episode?
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I feel like when we were watching it, I was like really into it. Yeah. All the Emily and Lorelei moments were very cute, very funny. Um, the Jackson stuff was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. The TJ part's fucking funny.
1: TJ was so funny. The Paris and Marty stuff wasn't that impactful on me. Yeah. But I enjoyed watching the scene with Christopher, mm-hmm. like him and Lorelai's chemistry mm-hmm. and him and Rory's fight I thought was pretty well written. You talked about yeah. the Lorelai portion maybe felt a little off yeah, as far I as Lorelai's reaction, but before that I was like, no, this is this is good. This is like what they would say. This is how they would feel. Yeah. I believe this fight. Yeah. And I like I said, I didn't remember this episode. So I was like very excited to almost watch it for the first time. This is the first one where I'm like I have no memory of this. So I don't know if I literally just like hadn't seen this one. Or if we're just getting into territory where I've only seen some of these one time and I just don't remember them. Right. This is the first time I've felt that way, where I have like no recollection. But yeah, I I enjoyed it while we were watching it. It's obviously not memorable. And even if I had seen this one several times, I don't know that it like really stands out as an important mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. But it was good. What would you think?
0: Yeah, I thought so too. I agree with what you said. I really had an issue with Lorelai not being more mad at her daughter because I really feel like she would be. Yeah. But I was engaged in the rest and the rest was funny. So it was it was good. I am a little sad that the bathrobe bandits didn't get justice.
1: There's a lot to that. It's not really on screen, but you hear quite a bit of their fight. Like the cops get called and they like end up giving them the robes they stole plus two extra robes.
0: Yeah, because Michelle essentially like just starts going through their stuff because he's sure they've got the robes hidden in there, which and they, they do. They but...
1: did steal them, but yet they call the cops on Michelle. Yeah. Pretty funny writing. You just like don't see in action. Yeah. So Brian, which episode do you think was better? I
0: think Gilmore was better.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I felt that way right after we watched it, but the more I thought about it, I wasn't sure. But after talking about it, I think it's Gilmore.
0: Yeah, I I, this whole like Riley vampire bite arc thing bothers me. I don't I don't like it.
1: To me, it just feels weird because it seems like that's the way we're going with Riley. He's like going down this dark path. Okay. It seems out of the blue and out of character, but that's what's happening. Right. But now he's like military boy again. And this episode was like both. I was just like, what? What is Riley? I don't care.
0: Yeah. And like he doesn't show up for vampire slaying duty, but he's like super into alien slaying duty. Like, yeah, I guess maybe he was getting sucked, so he couldn't do the other one.
1: There was good stuff about Buffy. I just think Gilmore had more good stuff and less bad stuff.
0: I agree. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, if you want to watch it next week, we'll be watching Gilmore Girls Season 5, Episode 10, but not as cute as Pushkin.
0: As well as both the Vampire Slayers Season 5, Episode 10, Into the Woods.
1: In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes discussed in this podcast.
0: Like, do you think Lorelai should have been more upset?
1: Were you upset with the amount of breakup that Rory and Dean had? <laughs> or are you done with Dean?
0: What'd you think about the monster and Buffy?
1: Do you have any of your own constellations?
0: Who's having lunch with Liz? <laughs> Let us know. You can reach out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post interactive questions, comedy sketches based on each episode and more.
1: Or send us an email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. Brian with a Y, Stacey with an EY.
0: For more bonus content, find us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Brian and Stacey, where we post weekly video recaps of the show Angel, host monthly live-streamed watch parties of Buffy and Gilmore Girls, post monthly podcast outtakes, and share early extended episode previews.
1: And thank you so much to our newest Patreon subscribers, Paul Kamenitsky, Heidi, Alex C., Adam Rust, Allison Newman, and E.S. For more non-podcast comedy content, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacey.
0: And if you want to support the podcast, you can do so by making a donation of your choosing via the link found at the bottom of our episode descriptions or in our social media bios.
1: And if you like what you're hearing, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, we'll give you a shout out on an upcoming podcast. Thank you so much to our special guest, Rebecca Rand Kirshner. You were great. You were a great guest. Sorry we didn't let you speak. She was here. We did get her. We forgot to ask her any questions and she's very shy and didn't chime in. But um, pretty good episodes.
0: We'll see you guys next week.
1: We'll see you. Yeah. We've got cameras coming to all your houses. Turn them on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.